Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, I can't complain. I, I, you know, been took a day off. <laughs> How you doing, Phil? I'm quite good. I like our topic today. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be back after missing last week. I'm yeah, ready for jam. I think our topic is, is going to be interesting today. Let's start by Zach, if you want to take our, let's go with the top, geez, let's go with the top six decks on yeah. on uh, MTG Goldfish. Just right read on. them off. Yeah, so we've got uh, uh, Miracles at 9.09% of the meta, uh, Mono Red Prison at 8.39% of the meta, uh, Rug Delver at 6.29, uh, Black Red Reanimator at 5.59%, uh, uh, sharing that space at 5.59 with with Black Red Reanimator, we also have Four Color Loam and Death and Taxes. And then we have a one, two, three, four, five way tie for what would be seventh at a top at a top eight, right? Yeah. That's Lands, Turbo Depth, Dredge, Eldrazi, Stomping, Sneak and Show. Yeah. So to me, well, first of all, Miracles right at the top, right? Mm-hmm. We played at Paragon on Tuesday with 28 players. Which is a lot for a weekly. People are coming back. You know, I'm going to give people credit for that. People are excited about the format and are trying new things. 28 players, six Miracles players. What do you guys think? Is Miracles that good, or does it just already exist? Well, I think with a lot of the meta right now, it just already exists. Uh, I mean, that's what you're seeing. Or is now viable again after, after the banning. So I think that with with miracles, it's not like this format is solved necessarily, but um, you know, miracles always has a place because it's it's a deck with full of answers. Bill, want to weigh in? I mean, I think miracles is just one of the de facto decks because it was untouched by the ban, so people can go to it, know that it's going to be good, and if they're competing, uh, they know that they have a solid deck to fall back on. They don't have to go through the brewing process. They just have to like change up their numbers knowing that they're going to run into not Grixis Delver and not Pile. Yeah, uh, Yeah. it seems like these top six decks are still that. Your Mono Red Prison, Rug Delver, Black Red Reanimator, Four Color Loam, Death and Taxes. They're all just kind of, you know, all right, we already had this deck. <laughs> so yeah. here we go. Well, sure. of, of the meta game here, you have, at least in the top six, uh, you have two Chalice, one Glass Cannon combo, and then three different uh, flavors of fair. You have a control, you have tempo, and you have mid range. Yeah. If you if you consider any legacy deck fair, <laughs> right? Like Rug Delver is winning when you have no permanence in play, you know, and you're just incredibly frustrated. Miracles is yeah. I mean, the, wrath the, the, the top. The, the the fair debate goes down the rabbit hole. But like when I when I say fair, I just mean like you're actually trying to do things that interact with your opponent. Things that are not that are like Chalice of the Void and Black Red Reanimator putting a Grizzle Brand on turn zero. You know, yeah. It's like you're you're more or less going to Goldfish regardless of what your opponent's doing. I want to note that 
at the very bottom of of the page on uh, on MTG Goldfish's uh, like top decks in the metagame is Storm. It's the very very bottom. Uh, I guess tied for like what eighth place um, with a bunch of other decks. But it's it's pretty surprising to me that that deck, which was basically like top three decks of the format just recently, is is has fallen so far. You know my guess for that? Hmm. So much chalice. Yeah, there's a lot of chalice. Uh, I, I I still think that po- that that uh, you know Rug Delver when tuned properly is is a solid matchup against that deck. At least at least fights it on some sort of axis. Um, and then the other decks that like you're playing against are, are you know Reanimator, which is it can play that uh, the what it Chancellor of the Annex like on turn turn one. You've got Death and Taxes. Like a lot of these decks fight uh, fight Storm's plan pretty well just out of the gate, and then their sideboard plan pushes them over the top. Well, like, well, incidentally, the format moved towards Chalice and Glass Cannon, so it's like, Black Red Reanimator was already a good matchup against Storm, because it's a faster combo deck. Yeah. And then Chalice is obviously always going to be good against those style of decks, so you have a bunch of Chalice and Reanimator getting the push after the Death Rite ban, and so, like, incidentally, Storm gets hit, even though them losing... Uh, Deathrite, like Deathrite getting out of the format, is actually more beneficial than them losing Probe. I think Thoughtseize does a pretty solid job of filling that gap. I don't think they're going to miss Probe uh, too much. I actually wish that we we were better at uh, technology and story because I think there was someone, perhaps it was me, who said verbatim, like, if you once you ban Deathrite, you're going to get more Chalice and more Grizzle Grand, which you already hate. So, sorry. Sorry for being right, but uh, that's true because everyone trends down. Because when you lose the ramp ability of Death Right, you trend down in mana cost. That means more one drops. That means you're open more to Chalice. And you don't have incidental graveyard hate, which means that the black. So the thing about the graveyard decks, it wasn't so much that Death Right um, was holding them back because they clearly were doing well, it was that it gave you like a break, like a, like a B R A K E, like a car break. That just was enough to make them respect it, and then you could steal a couple game ones. Now there's very little chance you're going to steal the game one against a deck like that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's game... that, that's the current <clears throat> that's the the playable belcher of the format, right? Um, but I don't think that's a problem. I think that another problem for Storm is actually I think that the loss of Probe is a little underrated. Um, they are playing Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize in particular is really bad against Rug Delver. Yeah. Um, especially game one. <laughs> uh, it's just not a card that Rug really... Um, I mean, it's, you're like, okay, you lose a guy, but then you also lose two life, and you're down a card, and you, you spend your whole turn doing that. Mm-hmm. And like then Rug just gets to draw, deploy something, maybe play a second land, and then pass back with like a handful of stuff. <laughs> so... Um, you know, that they'll have eight free counter spells plus up to eight pieces of one man interaction pre board, and then post board, they're going to get a fluster storm and stuff. So it's always a, I like wonder. a coin toss as to what you want to take if you're storm against Rug Delver, too, because, you know, taking their one drop away from them, uh, their, their guy against them, obviously is going to buy you a couple of turns, but then when you see, like, okay, they've got a guy or they've got two guys, let's say, but they also have a couple of counter spells, like, you're literally just trading a card for a card, which is what Rug wants to do for the most part. Um, so it, it's it's like, and you've wasted some mana, so they've got you on tempo in, in there as well. Cabal Therapy wiping out a handful of 
something is always was is much better right it's yeah. a one if it's a one man of him and even without probe like you just like all right like it's rug uh cabal therapy named force maybe they'd have two of them at least you get both of them yeah you know so i think that that is missing a little bit like trading one for one is worse than trading two for one yes you don't always trade two for one with therapy but um you always get the second crack at it too with um empty the warrens or something so yeah I think that, but I think that what, what really we're seeing is just like there, the void that is not the thing that's not really here, unless you want to talk about four color loam in this way a little bit, is just this sort of like fair deck playing black. Like that's really what's missing. There's nothing's really like if you say rug has swooped into what the what Grixis Delver would have been, then you're really saying there's not really anything that's sort of picked up the check pile mantle and run with it. No, I mean, the closest thing we have to that is, I guess, Miracles? Well, Miracles was already around. Like, Miracles' yeah. check pile was a dynamic that existed. Yeah. And four-color loam is a four-color control deck, but I, I, the only thing I would call is it, it is also still a Chalice deck, um, and I don't think that's quite the same. For example, it's not playing... Well, actually, let me check. They might be playing Thoughtseize on the board. I never really liked that. Yeah. Uh, this particular list is not playing Thoughtseize on the board. So... Like, just, like, there's no Thoughtseize into Baleful Strix into, what, Leovold? Like, yeah. that kind of deck isn't around right now. It's um, not a value deck the way that... Yeah. It, no, it's, not it's definitely not. Range value. It's trying to play more prison style of, like, Loam Waste You plus Chalice. I guess right, what the, exactly. the meta's kind of missing is, is Stoneblade decks. I mean, it's right. got D&T. You want to know the card that's completely absent from the entire metagame currently, at least on this list? Hmm. There's not a single true name nemesis. Yeah. See, uh, other than Rug, Rug, Rug <laughs> has true name. Hold on. Rug has true name, but I, I know what you mean. Yes. If there's no like true name nemesis deck, the Stoneblade decks have not. We haven't seen them. In fact, 28 players at Paragon, we had zero blue Stoneforge decks out of 28 well, Stoneforge players. Stoneforge is garbage. Like Stoneforge is good in D and T, but it sucks everywhere else. It's like if you're playing a D if you're playing a Stoneforge Mystic deck that's not Stoneforge Mystic or not D and T, you're just playing a worse D and T deck. Or what a worse Miracles deck at this point. It's just like do you you get pushed out by like Miracles goes over you, D and T just goes through you because they're a more efficient, more powerful Stoneforge Mystic deck, and it's like you're taking all of you're, you're taking parts of D and T and then parts of Miracles and shoving them into a deck, and now you're not cohesive. And now you're just like a worse mid-range deck that has worse disruption than everything else that's going on. And the format's already way faster. Like, your two-drop Squire is not going to beat Rug Delver. And, like, it's going to get blown out by Miracles just playing the same game plan but better. And then D&T is just going to have more dudes that can mess up your equipment because you're just trying to go ABC Batterskull. And they're, like, gonna be like, all right, I'm going to tutor for my Flicker Wisp and do all these kinds of shenanigans. Do you think it's that Stoneforge it cannot be good? Is it just like a dead card? Or, no, the, as a blue like card, it, or is it just that this there has not been a Stoneforge build that can attack these particular decks that are at the top? In my mind, the blue-white Stoneforge Mystic decks, the only way that they get their unfair power is if they're just jamming four true name nemesis and suiting it up, right? Like, your game plan isn't you're a Stoneforge Mystic deck. Your game plan would have to be you're a true name plus JIT deck. And that's fine. But right now, I feel like all of the blue-white Stoneforge decks that I look at, they're all trying to be these, like, super, super ABC fair 
mid-range decks that just don't do anything that can compete in what the format looks like. Like, Reanimator's trying to put a Grizzlebrand on one. Rugdelver's trying to make it so you never play a permanent. And you're trying to cast two and three drop sorceries. Uh, Miracles are just going to go over the top of you because they're just way more efficient because they play more cantrips and blank your removal. And it's like, what, what's, what's the Stoneforge Mystic trying to do, you know? I think that's why when I see Stoneforge Mystic decks that are just like playing some number of Snapcaster and some number of Click and all these like fair, fragile things, I'm like, you're just going to get blown out, my dude. I, I think that the question is, were we wrong to say that Stoneforge Mystic was a winner? Though I can't remember, Phil, if you actually disagree with us on that, you might have been closer to right. Is it, is, it, is, a, is a Stoneforge Mystic, like, not, like, outside Death and Taxes, it's sort of like Dark Confidant in four-color loam, right? Like, Dark Confidant you don't see in blue decks anymore, but you still see it in this four-color loam deck, right? Well, it's Dark, Dark Confidant I feel like we specifically don't see in blue decks because he's really hard to pair with Force of Will and Jace. Yeah. Well, that hasn't stopped people in the past, but I think it's more that Baleful Strix just does it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> <top>. <laughs> um, but is Stoneforge Mystic just outclassed completely? Because, like, what, what Stoneforge Mystic deck do you build that beats Miracles and Rugdelver? The, the way that I look at the Stoneforge Mystic decks, and I think the, the, the play patterns that people need to analyze when looking at trying to build the Stoneforge Mystic deck, is Stoneforge Mystic can't be... Your plan, like your plan, can't be. Oh, my game plan for this deck is to play Cantrips, Removal, and Stoneforge Mystic. That's not going to get it done. Like with the true name versions, it's like my plan is to put a Progenitus onto the table and then equip it with a a, a Jite. Like that's a game plan that you could get behind because you know that that's going to be tough to deal with. Every other Stoneforge deck that currently sees play, their their Stoneforge is in their deck, but it's not their plan. It's not the goal of the deck. And I don't think Stoneforge Mystic in the current environment and only being able to get a couple of the equipment that it gets is going to be powerful enough. Like, a 4-4 Batter Skull just isn't going to get it done on turn 3 after you spend 4 mana to do it, yeah. assuming they didn't have a removal spell, you know? I think one of the one of the points to bring up, too, is that um, Stoneforge has been on the downtick ever since a braid was printed, and decks are playing a braid. A braid, yeah. Well, Colgon's command, yeah, yeah and a braid like, put a hurt on it. It's funny because I think that it's one of those things where it's like the deck is probably fine. My my feeling is I actually think that it, you you get caught in this vice. Bill, you're you're totally right. True Nemesis is still a stupid card that should not exist. And like, I can say that like if I've played against a True Name deck the past couple weeks, whatever it is, that sometimes just comes down to well they landed a True Name and I didn't win before they killed me with true name, right? And that could be in a Delver deck, that could be in like a Stoneforge deck or whatever. But I actually don't I think the I actually don't think that blue is a good companion to Stoneforge Mystic right now. I'd rather just play black white. <laughs> like cuz I think the Thoughtseize into Stoneforge Mystic is, is a good plan. Um but the problem is in like an Esper deck, you get so awkward trying to find your mana in the early turns against like rug delver or four color loam or something like are you are you fetching a basic island what if you have thought season stoneforge in your hand and your next land gets stifled do you fetch a dual land what if they just to ponder what if they just naked waste you you know like i just don't think that a three color stoneforge deck can do all the things it wants to do early in the game because of the mana pressure from 
the rug decks and the prison decks to an extent. And I'd rather just play two colors. Like, my turn one is fetch a swamp, thought sees you. If the coast is clear, fetch a plains, stoneforge. You know what I mean? If not, hold up a fetch. You know, fatal push your delver next turn, waste you, and then dare you to stifle me. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? I mean, if I were going to a Stoneforge Mystic deck and you you told me you were like, all right, you can't like think of something more creative than just jitting up your TNN. I mean, I would look at shit like Painful Truths and try and play Grind and try and offset the fact that like you're playing a lot of incidental life gain in your deck. So, like, yeah, I'm on your side. I mean, the dude that uh, won a tournament not long ago, he was on Esper Stoneforge playing four Thoughtseize and four True Name and just suiting it up, right? That was around. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that in general. Like, as a, it, it, it's, it's a deck that you can always get your good draws with. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And, like, because the, the cards in it are, are individually powerful. The problem is, like, I think the reason it hasn't sort of taken off is because I think in the aggregate, it's just got too much to deal with early on. And the sequencing has not has either not been figured out or is not is not up to the standard of the current format, right? Yeah, I think the regular play pattern of Stoneforge without turn one disruption, like you said, whether it's discard or anything else, is far too slow. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because I think we thought that it would be the it would be the kind of deck that would sort of swoop into that value mid range, and we just don't have that kind of deck right now. Well, I think which is we fine. Thought, we we, we thought that like shardless uh, bant was going to do something, right? I played bant, and I, th- I actually think <laughs> here's the funny thing: I think the Stoneforge was the worst part of the deck. <laughs> like I played bant, and like what I really wanted to do was like noble hierarch on one days your thing, play play my land, play a tarmogoyf. You know what I mean? Like, I want to play Tarmogoyf, not Stoneforge. And then, like, if you answered that, play another land, play a true name. And if you answered that, play another land, play a knight. You know, I want to play, like, a, you know, Bant as sort of a counterpart to Rug Delver. I just don't know that it has enough disruption to keep up with the combo decks. Then that's the trade-off you make. Um, like, I don't think, I don't know what Green is really offering the Stoneforge package other than the ramp. And then, like, well, I'm sorry, Green offers, what does Green offer? The blue-white sort of, you know, bear package. It offers bigger threats, but I don't know that threats are really the problem because true name exists. Like, it's really just about the disruption. But the problem is, like, using black for your additional disruption just opens you up to mana issues. I played against a blue-white Stoneforge deck with zombie bombardment, and the guy scooped to me when he was ahead on life, had more cards in hand, and had a card on board. And I had nothing. I had a Bitter Blossom, a Goblin of Barbon, and an empty hand. And he scooped because I just wiped his entire board other than that uh, other than that particular meddling mate. You know? Just discarded all of his stuff and, you know, knocked out his board. It's just not fast enough. It's just sort of it's just so dirtily that it, it people people could just jump on you. I think, uh, you know, what what we're coming to is that the before the the, the meta needs to shake out a little bit more, but before a bug comes back, basically, like before you feel comfortable playing, uh, sorry, uh, before Esper comes back, while you feel where you feel comfortable playing black and playing blue together, but not playing any way to work around rug rug Delver's mana denial, right? Well, that's the shift. Like, are we waiting? Is like is the, should people just 
go back to the check pile cards and say, okay, what's the arrangement of these cards that can jump into this metagame and work? Because they're clearly good cards to have. There's, there are clearly good cards to be had, I should say. There's Thoughtseize, Baleful Strix, Abrupt Decay, Leovold, J- like, you know, all these things that are available in that color combination that we just haven't seen. They're just gone. Like you said, no true names, Phil. There's also no Baleful Strix. And obviously is no Leovolds. <laughs> obviously no Leovolds, yeah. You know, what else do you want, right? Uh, Gliss, Louis, Bill and I have been playing with Gliss of the Traitor. That's a good card. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, Gliss is the hotness, man, except that double green. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough on the mana. But um, I think that where I would go for the next level here is to say, like, okay, maybe Stoneforge isn't going to work out. If you want to play another kind of sort of value creature deck, go back to the check pile cards and try and find the right arrangement. Because, you know, so far there isn't, there's an opening for that. That's the thing that's missing. The thing that can sort of power through some of these chalice decks right and you know rug delver isn't an impossible matchup for these decks that just they just you know people people have a play style that demands them like jumping ahead of these decks uh where they should be worried about protecting themselves from these decks and then just going over the top afterwards and i think that for so long the the um way the decks have been played is just like i don't care about your wasteland jerk because i'll just make mana off the land that you killed and then i'll make mana off your wasteland next turn so now people have to learn how to play against these decks again and it's it's gonna take a while yeah i think that like turn one fetch a swamp thoughtsies turn two fetch an island baleful strix is probably a pretty good play mm-hmm. um against most decks maybe not miracles but you have to be prepared to do that. Like, you're not just going to jump ahead. You're not going to be able to play, like, him and Counterspell and Liliana. Or uh, him and Counterspell and... Uh, what's that red card? Colgon's Command in the same deck anymore, necessarily. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to pick two. Or, because you're going to have to... Your mana's going to be set up for that. Yeah, or, uh, you know, play Deathrite Shaman into PZ uh, and have uh, Gitaxian Probe and... Uh, what's it called? A... Uh, Cabal therapy on on that same turn. It's just like, come on, <laughs> you're gonna have to learn to play slightly differently. And if you want to play those cards, you will indeed learn have to learn to play uh, play in a way that takes advantage of the fact that your opponent is going to wasteland you. So if you know that, you're gonna have to start playing with more basics. You know. Yep. More basics means less stuff, but I think that means there's things to explore. We played Gliss of the Trader, right, Phil? There's a lot of this format that still is to be explored. Uh, I think people, we're still in the early stages where people are like trying things out and failing with stuff and then trying something else. And I feel like there hasn't quite been enough time for that to be done to a degree that's. Yeah, we're we're not out of the incubation period by by any means. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and that's, I think that's, but I think we are at a point where there is like a clear metagame of this like first couple weeks and we'll get some more information after star city uh worcester this weekend maybe not the um maybe not the the team portion as much but the classic for sure will will show us a little bit but um i just think that that sort of like fair deck that isn't just uh you know haymakers in the same way that miracles is or isn't just total mana denial in the same way that rug and death and taxes is something that can be explored 
four color loam in the mock red prison uh, metagame is really tough. I mean, those are both chalice decks. I'm really curious as to what those decks would look like if they didn't have chalice. Like, what would the point of disruption be if they didn't have it? Because we're going to get to the point down the in the future where chalice just becomes the death right to those decks, where it just makes it so all those decks are playing chalice and then doing like various things that look like different decks, but really they're just chalice decks. The same way that Deathrite was doing that to all the decks that were just Deathrite decks. Uh, what would be the replacement that, like, were, people are still looking for Deathrite. What would be Chalices? Is there anything? Uh, no. <laughs> and that the way you can the way you can sort of see that is you can just play against the decks and see how different it is when they don't have Chalice uh, versus when they do. Um, like Eldrazi's like that too. When if you're if all your source of plowshares and stuff are live against Eldrazi. You're in really good shape. <laughs> mm. um, and the four-color loan deck is less reliant on Chalice. It's really just like, um, because you're playing Mox Diamond and a bunch of lands, the Chalice is is like something you can play on turn one that's good. And it also... It, it's, really the, it's really a Mox Diamond opener versus a non-Mox Diamond opener with four-color loan. Right. Because any of their two drops on turn one, they have the Dark Confidants, they have Sylvan Library. Um, and so even, got, let's even Loam itself Loam. is fine. Loam itself, know. right, exactly. Uh, this this particular build, four Dark Confidant, one Scavenging News, uh, uh, two Loam, four Mox, or four Chalice of the Void, one Sylvan Library. Like They're dependent on Mox Diamond to power out one of those things. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like, would you rather play Chalice? Or would you rather like try and play some one drops that don't benefit from having the mana acceleration in play necessarily? So, um, I think that uh, it's uh, it's it's more of a function of the mox diamond the other way around because I, I find in playing this deck that I find I want to board out chalices more often than you think. Yeah. Hmm. Because like either they can power through it or answer it or they're expecting it. So you just want more, like, hardcore two drops. Like, maybe Thalia would just be in the main deck or something, but this deck's also trying to play Punishing Fire, which isn't great with Thalia. There are two cards that uh, have not shown up yet. One, because it hasn't had enough time, but two, because uh, I don't think people have really fully explored it yet, but I think they're going to be winners. Okay. You ready? You ready for this wild spec? What's that? All right, I think the first card that I'm surprised people haven't actually tried to really experiment with is Bomat Courier. Okay, uh, actually, people people have experimented with Bomat Courier. Right, and I feel like that that card's going to go a little bit farther than we think. I think the that thing just being a turn one affinian uh, that you can interact with, like uh, I've seen plays where people will have a couple of cards under Bomat, cast a brainstorm with brainstorm on the stack, crack their Bomat Courier. Yeah, yeah Bowman Courier is an go. interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, also be cool stifling a Bowman Courier. Oh um, wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Mental but, uh, note to self. Right in a slower format, in a slower format, where no, there's not a one-two coming down on turn one, Bowman Courier is an interesting card. And like, let's let's the worst that happens. So you so you get it, like you play it, you get in for one. Let's say you're on the draw. You play. They play a thing. You play it. You get in for one. They play a Tarmogoyf. You attack. It exiles another card. 
you have all your mana open, they, what, block it, and then you just sacrifice it, and you draw two cards. It's a turn one Dark Confidant, but you got to be careful because of, uh, you know, things like Stifle. But yeah, I think it is interesting that it's better you know, than you'd expect. Speaking of not having one-twos on turn one, uh, you know what we haven't seen pop back into the meta? And I, I still don't think it's a good deck. Goblins. It's it goblins, <laughs> goblins is just very binary. Yeah. Uh, the it, its opening hands are rough. Um, someone who knows what they're dealing with can play around it very easily. Well, not very easily, but like uh, you know, you you know how to play around it. And I think that um, the just general speed of the format is is hard on goblins. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how playing a lackey on turn one into your opponents like chalice. Uh, followed by like a thought not seer, it makes any sense. Like, cool, you've got out a siege siege gang commander, but you don't have enough mana to like really do anything with it. And then I'm playing a, a reality smasher on the next turn. It just doesn't seem like enough to enough to combat that deck. I was more thinking on the lines of if you are interested in playing a vile port deck, why would you be playing goblins instead of D and T or merfolk? Well, I think the idea would be that originally the idea would have been it's got a better Miracles matchup and Miracles is the most played deck. But I don't think D&T is good. I think just D&T is good against Miracles. Yeah. I'm mean, talking to people playing Miracles the store like I lost a D&T. I mean, uh, Brightling is insane. Think about also like you can play. I mean, they're definitely attacking on different on different metrics, but like so D&T and and you know to to an extent. Uh, Merfolk, they just have they have game against almost every other deck, right? Goblins is just putting dudes down and being like, I hope you don't have an answer for this, like a terminus or something, because that's going to be the, a real problem. You know, uh, I I don't I don't understand how, uh, like, please explain to me uh, how Miracles loses to Goblins. I just don't get it. It just puts a bunch of guys on the board, and then they're like, cool, all your guys are under your deck now. It's because Goblin Ringleader is insane against Miracles. And with Cavern and uh, Vile and Lackey, because that they don't have to, they don't have to uh, cast the Ringleader, right? Sure. And then the Ringleader probably draws two to four cards. Okay. So, so then all of a sudden you're facing down like a Ringleader, and whatever they had in their hand. It's the same reason Infect is good against Miracles. <clears throat> the onus is on Miracles to not lose early. Like Miracles can win anything in the long game. Yeah. But the, the reason these decks are good is because they can't... Miracles doesn't block. Early, especially. You know, there's no blocking. And if you just... Like, I played against Miracle the other night. He mulligan his hand. He kept a hand with basic planes and two swords of plowshares. I played a Glistener Elf. I attacked. He swords it. I dazed it. He didn't... He missed his land drop. I attacked. He swords it. I, I dazed it. I, he, I passed back. He, he missed a land drop again. And that was the end of the game. Yeah. Like he had, to, but he had to keep a hand where he had turn one interaction for my creature, because. But meanwhile, everything in my hand keeps that creature coming through, and the the scale, the power scaling for infecting goblins is is something that's hard for miracles to deal with. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's so early. Does that makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, I still with goblins, I just don't. I get how like yeah, you have a couple extra one ones in your hand. I just don't see it. Um, They're I not have, one I, ones. If you look at a goblin's deck list, they're not one ones. Like they're two twos that reduce the cost of other goblins and stuff. Like they're they're big guys. Like engineered plague is not a good card against goblins. Yeah. 
other than against the specific card Goblin Lackey. Where's where's a Goblin's deck now? I'm gonna look at one. I can't find one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like no one's playing it because it's terrible. Come at me, Goblin's players. <laughs> well, it's the thing. Like if it goes four and one a bunch, it doesn't. Yeah. Like okay, here I'm looking at this deck now. Like how uh, will you Lackey... be Krenko? How will you, how will you be Krenko? Like Goblin Chieftain's a two two. Ringleader's a 2-2. Two, two. This one has Warren Instagram. I guess it's a 1-1. One, one. Um, that new guy, the Goblin Trash Masters, like a 3-3 three, three Lord. This guy has a... Bless you. Chain Whirler. Is <laughs> <laughs> actually called Goblin Trash Master? <laughs> yeah. <it's> like a... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Goblin Trash Master. <laughs> it's kind run out of names. It's so it's good. Like, is it Goblin called Goblin Trash, Trash Master? Master? Yes, it is. Goblin Garbage Man <laughs> from Long Island. You know, it's like, they've definitely run out of names for goblins. They're like, Goblin Dude. Oh, I'm looking at deck. one toughness and not at one power. Like, uh, you know, um, some of these cards are, are two ones and stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's, it's more... The X one doesn't matter to miracles. It's the it's just the scale. And like as you get a bunch of lords down, yeah, you just but, spew out more goblins that are three the, threes. The, the scariest card for miracles. The scariest card for miracles is definitely ringleader. Yeah, ringleader is the the trump. Sure, card and here. and ringleader is the one that what gives them haste and draws like four cards and puts them into your hand. It, yeah, you reveal the top four and you put all the goblin cards in your hand. Right. So the only thing you bottom is other vials and lands, and, and, and in this case, so th- that combined with with the lords. But what lords are they playing? They're playing like the haste guy, right? That's pretty much it. Goblin chieftain. Um, what's the other one? Goblin. Not goblin king, right? Uh, actually, I did see one of the goblin king in it. I wonder why. Maybe because of, maybe that's a meta game call Mount against Walk? all the mono yeah. prison decks. Yeah. Mount <laughs> nice Walk is the thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's um. Different. Uh, I, always, I always get cheap. Goblin Warchief. Goblin Warchief. Actually, Goblin Warchief has fallen out instead of. Oh, uh, man. But yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I took fourteen in one turn off goblins, like, out, and he had like he untapped with like one creature in play, and then I took fourteen, like, <laughs> because he like put a guy in that reduced hit the reduced the spell the amount it costs for a goblin, like he. And then he put two more goblins in play that granted haste, and then he put a goblin lord in, and all of a sudden I took fourteen. And one of them was a was a uh, that thing that I can't remember the goblin name. Was that pile driver, pile driver, yeah, right? Yeah. Pile so driver. all of a sudden I'm taking. So he untaps with one creature, and then the next turn I take fourteen. Now that put me to three, and then he took twenty five infect, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. Like the point is like if I had to play a, a another turn after that, I would have been super dead. I didn't. I just didn't have to play their game, and that's that's Goblin's weakness. The Goblin sideboard. Look at this one: four Chalice, four Fairy Macabre, four Stone Fortune Gite, and a Batter Skull and a Goblin Sharpshooter. Like they're just they're just loading up on on combo hate, which is just it's just and the combo decks are even faster than they were, however many years ago the Goblins was originally good. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I I I find this all this, all this moving around stuff really interesting because you're like, it, the, the the taking out a deck a card that was in, you know, like whatever thirty five percent of decks right at the end, 
just is is crazy. And then you took out another card that was in another twenty like twenty percent of decks, and there was some overlap, but there wasn't a ton of overlap other than the Grixis Delver deck. There weren't a lot of like probe and deathrite decks. Um, so you're still looking at like so you're looking at up to fifty percent of the meta that lost a card, and also the way matchups change when certain decks are just unviable, like Grixis Delver. Yeah. Or the original build of Grixis Delver. Obviously, the Bomat Courier version is interesting. Um, and then all this stuff moves around. You're like, well, my conventional wisdom was that Stoneforge Mystic would be good and Goblins would be good. And you find out, no, actually, here's why those decks aren't good. Maybe it's time to just not try and force those back and to come back with or come up with some new brews. But while you're brewing, you're going to get your face caved in by random decks yeah i mean i think that's that's sort of the by other brews the by way, other brews yeah, well yeah also that but i think that's one of the things about brewing is is you uh you'll you'll run into roadblocks uh that you kind of have to ignore sometimes uh when you're brewing to see what is truly good about your deck you know if you play at a store that just plays chalice all the time you know but your deck's great against the rest of the meta game you're not going to know yeah, and I mean, like, even for my, for myself, like, I, I knew that Miracles would be a popular deck, and I knew D&T would be a popular deck in, at Paragon once um, once the bans happened. But that's different than playing online, <laughs> where there's a lot more Rug Delver. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guess there's still a lot of D&T, but a lot more combo. Like, there's not a lot of combo. Like, people weren't playing combo decks. I've seen, like, a Storm guy and, like, a one Sneak and Show guy. And then, like, the combo deck of choice is Infect, which I'm already playing. It gives me physical pain, by the way, to be playing, like, a tier deck. <laughs> like, I'm just not comfortable. Like, people know what's going on. Like, ugh, it's the worst. Like, there were three of them. Like, what? There are three people doing this? <laughs> and, like, it's, like, self-destructive behavior. What's a worse deck than this that I could play? <laughs> Vengevine. Vengevine. Yeah. I got a turn two win with Hollow One online. Dude, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think we were on to something with Glissa. The Glissa deck was good. Uh, I played a black-green one. You played a bug version because you wanted to play Mox Amber. Yeah, I think Mox Amber is going to be sweet with Leovold, man. Yeah, I'm going to let you talk about your deck in a second. I just want to say what I... Like, I talked about the black-green aggro deck last week, and we have the list up. But, like, I really did, like, find that Glissa was a card I wanted more often when I played against Eldrazi and then other Eldrazi in the first rounds. I was just like, please draw Glissa. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he just first strike everything. touch. Yeah, first rate death touch is the only thing that's good against Reality Smasher. Like five six Tarmogoyf, I block. They dismember it. Ugh, that was the worst. Um, but yeah, like, did you have you tried your deck yet? Uh, so I've just been brewing a whole shit ton with Psy Master Thopterist from the new set. I think that dude is just gonna be insane. Like he's just a young pyromancer for artifacts in blue that also just lets you uh, trade ancillary ones for more cards i think he's just so 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 good uh i have infinite lists but i'm like all of the major events coming up that i'm going to be playing in i foresee myself playing some variant of Psydeck, and i think he is also um he is going to be uh something that might be able to finally push paradoxical into a format here's the thing it's a one four which is not nothing like a one no, four a is pretty good. Four and he he enables both Moxen that are available in uh, Legacy that, and by both Moxen I mean Opal and Amber, 
Both legendary Moxon. He turns on Amber by himself, and uh, then he, by himself, he gets you very close to Mox Opal being turned on, assuming you haven't done anything else. So, and then he also lets you cycle like excess legendary Moxon for cards. Yep, I, I, it's an interesting card. I, I, I unfortunately hate to say this to you. I think the best thing to do is like turn one chalice, turn two sigh, turn three more chalices. Yeah, that's definitely the, the unfortunate <laughs> side. I definitely have been trying to steer clear of that. Uh, but yeah, that's probably going to be the best thing to be doing. But I mean, the fact that he pumps out flyers, like he pumps out flyers, that's so good. It's just like, yeah, dude, like lingering souls in a cannon. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think it's an interesting card for sure. I like that uh, you sort of happen, and then you and then you happen on then you happen on Glissa because you're looking for more legends for your for your Mox Ambers. And I forgot that Glissa existed because oh yeah, dude, I've been on like yeah, the new check pile is just going to be Mox Amber pile, and it's just going to be playing a bunch of legends, and it's (laughs) going to be sweet. You know what card I was like, oh, that I actually came across, and I was like, that can't be good, but it's kind of spicy. Is from the from Dominaria Rona. You know Rona, Disciple of Gix, or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Rona, Disciple of Gix. Yeah. It's the 2-2 I... that lets you exile Historic card? Yeah, that lets you rebuy your Strix or, like, your Leo. Yep. Wow, that's true. It's like, oh, did you want to just, like, recast your Planeswalker from your guard? Yeah, cool. All right, so Collected Company Mox Amber Legends. Because these are all three-mana legends. You get two of them in play. You know what else is... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's, that's something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, that'd be something, right? <laughs> it's just like I was like, oh man, Rona's super mana intensive. But if you just draw it as a one of in the late game, and are like, yeah, Rona into Liliana out of your yard, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, Rona cast Liliana, rebuy this Leovold, go. All right, cool. Well, that's that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. There's it's. The thing is that you lost your best way to ramp into a three-drop blue, black, and green legend. Which so is... you get those moxes, yo! Come on. But you, you don't have the legends. They don't make anything. But Opal isn't got doing anything. Got eight mox. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go uh, uh, artifact land, Belfast Strix, mox, mox Opal next. Wow, turn. dude! I mean, it looks like you're building this deck yourself. <laughs> the side trigger when you uh, when you have an artifact, it cannot possibly do. No, that. it's when you cast an artifact. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, there's no way they will let that happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the kind of deck that we're missing. And right now we're goofing off a little bit. Though I'm not, I, don't, I shouldn't say that because that sounds mean. What I mean is like, it, it, it's going to take a lot of work to get a bunch of these three drops to synergize into something that's functional and you're not already dead, right? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking that when you're playing, like all the builds that I've come across looking at the metagame, I've just been building Psy and then it... Like, if you play Psy with Glissa, then you just get to free roll Nile spell bombs into your main deck because you want artifacts, but then also you just incidentally, like, fuck up their dredge or, like, hose reanimator game one to, like, steal it. Uh, so I, I like that you incidentally get to play a card that would probably be good in main decks anyway. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not quite good enough to see main deck play, except for when it's also making you a one-one, or it's just a free card draw that you get to rebuy when a creature dies, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Yeah. Um, I definitely, uh, I don't know. I, I definitely like see openings for stuff, and it's really just like, can you can you get the matchups to line up? I uh, 
I was playing zombie bombardment for a while and I was doing okay. And then I just went on a, like a oh and six skid where they just realized I should probably just force every goblin bombardment. Like letting goblin bombardment resolve was terrible for anybody, you know. Um, and that's the thing. Like as as some of these brews, like they're gonna work early because people are still feeling out what's good. But then eventually, I think uh, you know there will be some clear choke points that you're gonna have to sort of get out of your deck. And not saying that Psy is going to be that. Psy might be a good card, especially since you can cavern it out if you really wanted to. But, uh, but yeah. I do like Psy into Mox Amber. Float, second Mox Amber. Sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card. <laughs> that I mean, the, the idea that I was thinking with Psy is that, like, you just get to make an army in a can, but then still get to hold up mana on their turn as well. So you're you're doing... The similar plays of like when people would just go turn one guy hold up days like you still get to interact even when you're tapped out you just getting to cast the mocks for free and make bros also means that you can just like hold up your fluster or spell pierce if you wanted to and that's not even assuming that you have other colors or could go discard spells i mean it's tough to build right like i haven't been able to figure it out yet i just know that psi is very much real and uh i like don't be surprised when he starts showing up in decks because he's he's the actual real card for legacy coming out of m19 and he'll excuse me he'll also be a goddamn house in vintage right well on that anything you wanted to add zach uh not that i can think of i mean right now uh, you know rug and infect look great and i think i'm happy with that you know there's not the a whole decks lot I own are good, yeah. yeah there's not there's yeah exactly the decks i own are good and that's it's been two years, so I'm 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 not complaining. Yeah, I tried. I'm back to trying the Hollow One deck now that my Vengevines aren't getting exiled. So we'll see how that goes. Don't sleep on Leo. He's gonna have a big comeback party. Coming back, yeah, that'll be a. Everyone will be happy to see him. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Are All we right. good? Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good Have a good weekend. Or week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy Worcester. No. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's how it goes. Keeping up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's how it goes. Keeping up with the Joneses. I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.